This episode is brought to you by Vonage. Your business needs more than an 800 number. With Vonage Voice API, you can provide the call experience your customers expect and get the data your team needs. From call analytics and virtual assistance to automatic speech recognition and text-to-speech in multiple languages. Your customer service team can help more people in more places. And with in-app voice, your customers can easily contact you the moment they have a question. Take your calls to the next level with Vonage Voice API. Learn more at Vonage.com. Okay. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. This is your host, Ekta. And today I have one of the most amazing guests that we could have possibly imagined coming onto our show. Um, She Ah. is truly a powerhouse. Priscilla Martinez, um, I'm so excited, Priscilla, for you saying yes. Um, Your accomplishments are truly extraordinary. I mean, you've got names like Yahoo and um, Estee Lauder and so many, so many names in your portfolio. I mean, I cannot even begin to do justice to your career. So hello, welcome. Um, Please introduce yourself to all of our listeners. Yes. Hi. Thank you so much. Yes. So I'm Priscilla Martinez. I'm talking to you from Los Angeles, which is where I live um, Mm -hmm. with my husband and my dog, who is my son, um, Kingston. And like you mentioned, I started in communications um, over a decade and a half ago um, here in LA. And throughout my career, I've been so lucky to work with amazing, um, you know, brands, everything from an L magazine to LBMH um, to Tiffany and Company that I serviced the account for many years. Um, Amazon is a current client, as is Motorola. Um, And also, you know, I'm very, very proud to have worked and continue to work with some amazing nonprofits like the California Fire Foundation and Elizabeth Glazier's Pediatric AIDS Foundation. So um, really, you know, have run the gamut in terms of the types of clients that I've worked with. Uh, So yeah, it's made my career really exciting. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I mean, can I just mention that you worked with Nintendo? (laughs) I'm the biggest gamer chick in the world. Are you really? Oh my God. I love hearing that. Yeah. I worked with Nintendo for um, maybe eight years and that was such an awesome account. You know, talk about, you know, being a kid again, um, yeah. we worked with them on all of their releases. So it was really fun to even learn about products before they came out. And, you know, we had to talk in code names and sometimes yeah. we would go to, um, conferences and there were playing white noise. So people outside couldn't hear what we were talking about. So that's a brand that really, um, you know, having to be so protective speaks to the interest that there is mm. for them out there. And, um, yeah. you know, the desire to get information from, them and their happenings before um, anything comes out. So that was super interesting um, and yeah. a really great learning opportunity. I'm not a gamer chick myself, um, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So also um, it kind of pushed me um, yeah. to, you know, new grounds that maybe I wasn't as comfortable with. We had a lot of um, celebrity interaction. So we were very entertainment facing and, you know, you'd find yourself on a yacht in Comic-Con um, yeah. playing, you know, Donkey Kong with this huge celeb <laughs> and you're like, what is my life? Um, Amazing. So That's what it is. Fun. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a definitely a very fun account. And I think, um, it makes you even happier to work on things like that when you see people light up, right. When you tell yeah. them that you're working with them or you're pitching them a project that you're doing and everybody has a story. Like we all either grew up 
um, playing one of their games or have memories of our siblings playing. So that was a really, a really kind of fun and a lot of surreal um, moments there. Um, Guess is also another one um, Mm. of my clients that I have very fond memories with. They're an iconic fashion brand and you know, hearing people talk about the first time they saved up to buy their guest jeans or, um, you know, working with models and hearing what a crazy, um, you know, competitive landscape and how coveted um, being a guest model is, it kind of opens up all of those doors to these mini, like, you know, society niches that you were like, wait, I didn't even know that existed. And um, kind of educates you and, um, you know, makes you very proud of, of what you're working on and, you know, the legacy that these brands have built. It's, it's kind of exactly. incredible. Exactly. And I'm not going to lie to you. Guess was my first purse I had as a girl. No joke. I remember yes. I saved up and I went and bought a guest uh-huh. purse and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world, you know? So it, yeah, I hear you. It really I is mean, a legacy. I have memories and I'm going to date myself of going into, I think it was like a Robinson's May back when those yeah. existed with yeah. my mom and walking over to the guest little, you know, shop and shop. And, you know, my mom being like, you can pick like one pair of shorts, one pair of jeans, <laughs> and like trying them on and then being so proud. Um, I wore uniforms at school, but sometimes we had free dress day and oh, that's yeah. when you broke out your guests, you know, you yeah, were like, you really, ready. really came that's out with triangle the triangle is coming out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my strange. gosh. Yeah. But it's been cool. Um, you know, we also worked with sprinkles cupcakes right at the gate. Um, so that was a big cultural moment. I remember, you know, having conversations about our cupcakes, the next big thing. And, you know, it's just crazy. It's things that, um, you hop on these trends and when you're doing it from a client perspective, it, um, really, you know, helps you see things differently and it helps you, um, you know, anticipate, um, what is coming down the pike as well in terms of trends and, um, you know, where we are going as an industry. And I don't just mean in communications, but in fashion and food and, um, right. you know, art, um, yeah, it's, 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 you know, really insane to have worked with such a you know, wide spectrum of clients, but I think they yeah. all leave their own key learnings um, with us. So, you know, I'm, right. I'm very thankful for that. Well, I think that this is so, so intriguing to me, your career path, because, you know, like you said about perspectives, right? I mean, I think as a human being, all we can do is to gain as many different perspectives, you know, as possible to be, I mean, you know, people talk about things like inclusivity or like, you know, all these words, but it's like, where does that come from? It comes from being Mm well-rounded. It comes from putting yourself in shoes where you're looking through the glasses of somebody else. You know what I mean? And like really putting yourself in those shoes and um, comprehending a situation. So I really love how versatile your background is. I mean, truly, I, I want to commend you for that. Yeah. That is amazing. Thank yeah. you. No, and I think we talk about, you know, diversity and, and you know, versatility. And it's been a hot topic as of recently, but we've been, you know, walking the walk for a while. Our team um, is all female. It's over 50% minority. I myself, um, I'm 100% Mexican. So it's yeah. really fun to kind of, you know, even when you're talking about a legacy client, sitting at the table with people that have so many different experiences and obviously our backgrounds where you grew up, what you, you know, played in your household, what TV you watch shapes um, your ideas and what you come to the table with. So we've been pretty, you know, lucky that diversity hasn't been 
just a hot topic. It's something that we've been practicing from the inception um, of brand agency in 05. Um, And truly, you know, we hop on in the age of COVID before we had our, you know, in-person meetings that um, now we're all stuck doing our, you know, daily morning briefings with the team. And just sitting in on one of those is insane. Sometimes, you know, we'll start talking um, about something that has client related And you end up jumping into, do you remember when this and, you know, different team members grew up in different places and did different things in their households or weren't allowed to do different things or perceive things differently. Um, So we're all bringing that perspective to the table. Um, And first of all, it's a laugh fest. Um, But secondly, (laughs) it just, you know, really enriches what we're doing for clients. You're not getting one perspective. It's not. Um, You know, this old executive that has no idea how the real world is working. It's um, amazing communications professionals that are out there, you know, in the world, they're testing the products, they're trying the services and they, um, you know, can really speak to what works, what resonates and what doesn't. Right. And real experiences, right? Because it's like, you know, people like you said, it's like an entire generation is now here in the adult world. And we, you know, the millennial generation, and there's a lot of really cool stuff we went through, you know, and a lot of cool perspectives out there. So I love it, you know, so it's, it's really, really cool to see that your company and especially you are incorporating all of that, because I'm not going to lie, you know, growing up in that time, things like Nintendo, things like beauty were these Mm -hmm. like new things that we were, you know, experimenting with, you know, one of my close friend said you know I think our generation was an experiment and I really really love that because <laughs> we kind of were you know and um so yeah we continue to be I mean can you yeah. imagine the books and movies that are going to be written about 2020 oh my I don't God. even want to think oh about my that God. it's gonna um, be interesting <laughs> yeah it's insane and I think you know something really special about mm. our generation is that a lot of us share the same and consumed the same media, the same games, the same TV shows. I mean, growing up, there was two channels. It was like Disney and Nickelodeon. And you can sit with anybody in your age group and talk about the shows and you all, you know, get a laugh about watching the same thing. It's not, if you think about it, it's not going to be the same for people, um, you know, a few years from now, there's so much content. You're going to get a kid, um, you know, in the classroom with, another one of his classmates, he's going to be talking about his favorite show and they're both watching different streaming services. So right. <laughs> it's just, there's so much going on um, that I think, you know, we kind of take it for granted um, the way we grew up, but I think we got the best of both worlds. We, you know, yeah. enjoy this vast technology landscape that makes our lives infinitely easier, you know, talk about getting right. food with one press of a button um but also we had that old school you know we sat around and played nintendo in a yes. console with you know a few buttons and we can all order through pizza, the same like, of, things like things yeah. like pizza were a yeah. big deal for us you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. so i mean okay I was say, I, no go ahead sorry i was gonna say pizza was a special day it was friday like your report <laughs> card came in you did well mom was like order that Domino's. you know we're yes. you Yes, exactly. Totally. I remember I used to bribe my father. Like if I, he's like, if you get an A, you're going to get this. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, strive yeah. for those A's. Um, 
but no, I want to, I want to shift focus a little bit because I seriously feel like I could talk to you for hours. Um, but, um, I <laughs> want to talk about skincare because I noticed that Estee Lauder is also in your portfolio of clients that you've worked with and, you know, among many, many others. And I would love to get your take on what you think about skincare. I mean, do you think it's something that is, I don't know. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. I want you to just share your perspective. Yeah, no. And you know what? That perspective has evolved um, as I have evolved, you know, as a human and getting older. Right. And I think that the common thread um, when you talk, um, you know, to people that are interested in skincare in their thirties versus in my twenties, I would, you know, wash my face with Neutrogena. That is also a brand that um, I was lucky enough to, to work with. Um, in my early PR years, but I would like, you know, wash with Neutrogena and go to bed. And that was that I didn't know about actives. I didn't know um, anything. If it said something on the label, I was like, sure, I'll take your word for it. Um, And obviously, you know, aging wasn't a concern and wrinkles weren't a concern and Botox wasn't in the conversation. So I think um, as I aged, I, and, you know, think naturally started getting a little bit more interested in reading up, not just buying a product, figuring out, you know, what's that active ingredient, right? Right, um, right. Why is it helpful? Um, do I want this in my body? I think um, the beginning of my 30s, it was very much like, are you efficient? Yes, I'll slap it on. Let me, you know, figure it out. <laughs> yes, and yes. as I get a little bit older, now I'm thinking, okay, do we want silicones in the product? Are we, yeah. you know, looking at what packaging is good for the environment? So it became a little bit more holistic. And I I hate using um, this word to refer to anything that I'm doing, but a little bit more sophisticated, you know? Um, I think we're also as consumers educating ourselves a lot more. You go on TikTok and you see these, you know, very young girls that have super popular channels and they're, you know, talking about um, skincare and why, you know, a certain position on an ingredient list is a good or a bad thing. Right. And, um, <laughs> you know, how to layer retinols. And I'm like, I did not know any of this. It makes yeah. me excited for the industry that there's so much interest and that there's, you know, such talented people out there that can right. grab this content that would have been a snooze fest um, <laughs> a while back and like make you laugh yeah. and giggle and like want to Google more, right? Of course, um, so, of course, yeah. Yeah. So there's a few, um, you know, what's on V's face. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She's fantastic on TikTok. She's so funny. Um, But yeah, she's hilarious. But, you know, she does a good mix of like drugstore products and, um, you know, more, uh, you know, pricier yeah, um, like luxury stuff, and products you, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And she, yeah. Um, another thing that I find about this new crop of skincare influencers is that they have their ethos and they're standing by it. So for yeah. instance, this TikToker that I'm talking about, um, she uh, was approached by Glossier and she read something about them um, that didn't vibe with her. And she went on her um, you know, channel and said, listen, I was like being inducted into the cool girl, you know, um, club and I just can't vibe with this. So I'm going to say no. And that's commendable, you know, like from someone that is starting their career. Yeah. I think, you know, God bless her. She's a way better human than I am. I would have been like, yes, (laughs) um, so, 
But no, I mean, I think that's such a huge point that you bring up because honestly, that is a huge, huge reason why um, skincare anarchy is here now because um, originally it was more of, you know, you see the influencer world and I got to see the influencers being so, so adamant about, well, this isn't right or there's not enough um, shades in this, you know, foundation range or they really were speaking out and it's like having that immense, you know, feedback from the consumer community, I think for brands is it's a huge asset, right? I mean, I would, I would think so. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And I think people like you are doing the work, right? Um, you. You're definitely kind of getting that type of messaging out there and you're empowering voices um, yeah. which, so and educating, right? At the same time. Yeah. I mean, even you putting resources up on your socials, like that's huge. Yeah. Um, we didn't have that. Like consumers and, you know, media consumers didn't have that before. They didn't have somewhere um, you know, to turn to for these types of resources and for someone like yourself that is educated um, yeah. in this realm and to be sharing, you know, something that it would have taken someone um, a big portion of their day to dig up um, via their right. own online research. It's, it's, you know, pretty special that now you are offering it to them at thank the you. tip of their fingers. So that means the world to me, seriously. Thank you so much because that's, that really is the goal. Yeah. But no, I, I, I really, really love that, um, you know, this is this is the way that you approach, you know, when you when you're thinking about a brand, because, um, you know, on the other side of that, that whole conversation with influencers and stuff is that there's a lot of attacking going on with to brands, right? It's mm-hmm, like, you know, mm-hmm, there are a lot of mm-hmm. accusations. And I, and I think that it's so important for us to all sit down at, at a table and realize that there's always two sides to a story, um, you know, and, and I think right so it's like that's the whole idea and I so yeah and peeling back the curtain you know a bit I am oftentimes at the other side of the table with brands that you know have gotten um something that they don't want to hear um over social media or you know maybe it was um an experience on the other side of the coin that um is getting blown up that you know maybe the take that is being um, given on on socials isn't the full story for them. So, right. you know, it's it's interesting to kind of be in those conversations. But I think ultimately what we, you know, want to take away is that a brand that does, you know, good um, by and, you know, by its users and by um, society at large is a brand that's going to survive. And everybody right. knows that. I don't want to pretend that we're all altruistic. Listen, we're not UNICEF. We, we need to make that money. So right. I think brands understand that they need to be on the right side of history. Um, yeah. And yeah. as you know, cold and terrible as that sounds, it translates to dollars and they're striving um, to do that. Obviously, there are some amazing people within these brands that are doing it for all the right reasons. But, um, yeah. you know, end of the day, being on the right side of history and on the right side of the coin helps the bottom line. And it's Um, a reality that we're, you know, all grappling with. And I think the more a brand listens um, to their consumers, the more a brand keeps its ear to the ground and keeps humble. Um, I think that, you know, is something important, the humility. Um, Mm -hmm. There were some brands that thought we're untouchable, we're XYZ, you know, we've been doing this forever. We have this yearly revenue. How dare you say anything about us? And I think um we've all seen everybody has to be a little bit more humble and really listen you you can't yeah. just you know say and respond to a comment you have to take that back to the boardroom and say what's going on here you know it's right. the people that that you know 
pointed this out, we need to do better by by everyone that is supporting us through the purchases. So yeah, it's it's an interesting crossroads, but it's a good one. I I think we're headed in the right direction. There's transparency and um, rights. Brands, you know, want to do right by the people that are purchasing them. So it's exciting to to be in this, um, you know, roller coaster with with a few of the brands. Yeah, no, of, of course. And I must be because, you know, truly it's about what deserves a conversation and what does not. Right. And I think we're in this weird transition time where it's like, I think everyone deserves to have a conversation, you know what I mean? Or have a seat at that table and for brands to pay attention. I think right now you're right. It's, it might not be something that you love talking about and it might not be something that's politically or socially correct, but it's something that's there. And, you know, as a South Asian woman, I can honestly say that, you know, growing up, I never had anybody teach me how to do my makeup. I never, you know what I mean? I had to go mix three shades of foundation you know to make my color and and those kind of things were real problems and they were real real you know hurdles that we face so now when we're in a time where those problems can be fixed I think you know why not fix it right so it's like yeah I I I completely agree with everything you said yeah and it's it's sad that it took us this long right like how many people were having these day-to-day um hurdles in their life and the fact that it took an industry this long to figure it out is crazy, yeah. but, um, you know, we can't, you know, uh, sneeze at the fact that it's happening. Like, I think right. it's fantastic. And let's just, you know, make up for lost time as much as we can. Totally agree. Totally agree. And there's a lot of really great brands out there doing exactly that. So huge shout out to everybody who's actually doing exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And to the, you know, newcomers too, that are going in there and, you know, figuring out new territory and saying, I feel that this is my North star. And this is a struggle that I, um, you know, had growing up and I don't want a little girl trying on makeup, having, you know, the same struggle. So let's fix it. Um, and, you know, putting your money where your mouth is and making an investment towards that future. So I think it's, there's a lot of exciting stuff happening a hundred percent. Yeah, I completely agree. So let me ask you something. How, when you look at a brand that you want to work with, what, what inspires you? Like, where, where does your inspiration come when you really see something that you love and you want to stand behind it? Yeah. Like, can you give me an example? Absolutely. I think, of course, I think, you know, as a publicist, first and foremost, you're figuring out if you can tell a story, um, right? I think um, there's brands that we all, you know, want to work on that are pie in the sky, that are fantastic and legacy, but there's also, um, brands that you fall in love with and yeah. that you want in your portfolio because you stand behind the founder or their story is so cool that you can't imagine anybody else telling it. So yeah. I think my number one, um, in terms of, you know, feeling that excitement when you're jumping on this, you know, new business meeting or when you're meeting a founder or a CEO for the first time is their story. And can I tell it, you know, in the right way? Um, And is it compelling? It might be, you know, a story that interests me, but is it compelling for consumers, for editors, for writers, you know, for podcasters? Is it something that other people can stand behind? And I think um, after doing this for so many years, it's innate. I can jump on, you know, a meeting and figure out very quickly if this is, you know, a brand that I can help shape the narrative and can help, 
um, you know, bring all of those amazing qualities to the forefront, or right. if it's, you know, just something that I, I know, um, won't get the attention that a founder or a CEO is looking for. Right. Um, and then another, I think piece of the puzzle is just personal fit. You know, there's some yeah. founders or CEOs that you jump or CMOs that you jump on the phone with and you just love the way they think. And, you know, maybe they don't have their whole story straight, but they um, are trying and they, you know, definitely trust your opinion and they want to hear and they want to learn and they want to do better. And I think that's also super attractive to me um, right. whenever a brand is saying, hey, I might not have all the answers, but come with me on this journey and we will definitely find them. Right. Uh, and I think that that's, you know, also another very attractive um characteristic. Yeah, I, I, I can only imagine and I completely agree with you about that. You know, the whole vision, right? The vision of a brand like that is really the heart. So I completely get what you're saying with that. What, one question that does come to mind, though, is I mean, I can't think of a better person to ask this to um, what about all the women out there? What's your like, if you were to give advice to all the women and female entrepreneurs that are now coming up um, through the woodworks, and we're finally making this, it's a movement, in my opinion, honestly, I mean, there's so many new female founders out there. Um, and mm -hmm, so if mm -hmm. you were to give one piece of advice, um, what would you give based on all your experience? You know what, it's so funny, because every time um, I'm, you know, in conversation, and this comes up, I think you're tempted to give a really, you know, lofty piece of advice. But <laughs> what I found that I went back to in the early days of my company, and it was multiple times a day, just yeah. one foot in front of another. And I would tell that to myself so much so that I was like, I need to get a poster or like a tattoo <laughs> that has this on there because we, you know, as an entrepreneur, you get so many problems thrown at you. I'm not talking about one or two per day. There's multiples of varying sizes, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It may yeah. be something major. It may be, you know, a tiny thing that's just a bit of a thorn on your side, but it still needs to be taken care of. And it's still going to take a chunk of your day. So we can get overwhelmed um, if you look at that huge picture and you go into every single day um, yeah. with all of those, you know, problems or less than ideal situations clogging up your, your brain space, your headspace, your energy. Yeah. Um, so what I kept on coming back to was one foot in front of another. Like if I had a huge issue um, on my hands, come up with a next step. I don't have to yes. solve it right now. What is one step that is going to get me closer to solving this, you know, huge issue. And let's just focus on that for right now. One foot in front of another. I woke up. I am, you know, <laughs> lucky enough to be waking up. Let's just get one foot in front of another and get through the day. Um, another, yeah. I think, you know, piece of advice that I took a while to learn. And frankly, you know, maybe it's just something that I learned within the last couple of years is you cannot, um, you know, give yourself to clients, to team members, to colleagues, if you don't have any of yourself to give. So yeah. that rest yeah. and that recharge, um, self-care, especially now. Yeah. Yeah. And especially now in the time of COVID, I mean, you know, a few months ago, we at least had our commute and you would you know, prep mentally for the day ahead with your favorite playlist or a podcast right. that inspired you or whatever that morning routine was getting a cup of coffee and talking to your barista and, 
We don't have that anymore. It's bed, you know, coffee (laughs) machine and desk. And that's my day. So I'm, (laughs) you know, this whole week, my outings have been walking my dog for like 15 minutes a piece. So you're doing better than I I am. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know. Poor thing. He looks at me. He, um, he's having a hard time too with this whole quarantine thing, but you know, to not put other things in front of ourselves a hundred percent of the time. I understand there's needs. Um, there's a need for that. Oftentimes when you're an entrepreneur, I'm not, um, you know, trying to paint everything with a rosy hue. There are days that you just, you know, have to put on your big girl pants and do it. Um, but whenever you can get that recharge in, even if it's, you know, a gratitude practice and having a notepad next to your computer and every morning before you log on to email, just writing three things you're grateful for, um, you know, little practices like that, that I find, um, have really kind of helped ease that tension, um, that has been building up throughout this pandemic. Um, so, you know, taking care of yourself and just one foot in front of another, that's, that's all. Have you heard of, um, like, you know how everyone's about the law of attraction right now and stuff? And like, there's Uh a lot of journaling, like there's a lot of journals out there. I think Mm -hmm. those are so cool because it's exactly what you're talking about. It's like, just, you know, you write down your goal for the day and then you work on it, you know? And it's like, I I feel like a lot more products like that have like kind of sprung up in the last, you know, I want to say five years, because I think exactly it's echoing exactly what you just said. You know, you, you got to plan, you got to self-care. Yeah. So I'm literally staring at rocket book, um, came up with this, uh, kind of, it has a goal worksheet, a daily worksheet that has like your morning routine with gratitude and an affirmation. And, you know, for you to delineate focus time and exercise. And, um, it's just a really good tool that I keep, you know, at my desk every single day. And it kind of helps me knock out all of those things in a very digestible way. Um, when you talk about journaling, I don't know if you've heard about the artist way. Um, it's a fantastic book and it, um, you know, has a journal component when people talk about working on their morning pages, it came from this book and I think they celebrated their 25th anniversary recently. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of goes, you know, week by week. And it, first of all, makes you wake up and journal three pages, which is a brain dump. And it, I can't do it justice with words. It completely changes me when I do get into the practice. I'm not perfect. I'm not going to lie. I don't do it every day. Um, but morning pages are really amazing to, you know, clear that headspace. But, um, the writer is genius. She also includes, um, you know, artist dates, she calls them and it's dates you go on with yourself. Um, she says, don't bring your partner along. Yeah. Don't bring your dog. Um, you know, just take yourself out on a date. And it's really interesting what happens, um, you know, when you start following that and when you just sit with yourself in the quiet and have that reflection, we're go, go, go all the time. Um, So having these moments for reflection, I think can really recharge um, our, you know, bodies just as much as our minds. So when you talk about journaling and laws of attraction, I'm so into that. I don't want to sound like a hippie, but yeah, but I am a hippie though. So it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, but seriously yeah. though, it is, it, it sounds hippie, but it's real. I mean, everything about journaling and, you know, yeah, I'm the same way. I don't journal every day, but when I do journal, it's like you said, it's a huge relief. It's like brain yeah. dump to the max, you know, you clear your head, you get your priorities straight again. I mean, it's a huge benefit in the whole self-care idea. And I like to tell people, you know, I, yeah, this podcast about skincare, but it's more about self-care because skincare for me falls under the realm yeah. of self-care. You know what I mean? So Oh, absolutely. Like and by the way, things. yeah, yeah, I think a skincare routine can be part of your, you know, da- daily self-care. Um, there's this productivity blogger. She has a book um, called Good Morning, Good Day or something like that. I'll, I'll share with you exactly what it is. But yeah. in her, you know, morning routine for self-care is skincare. And she's adamant about saying, this makes me feel good. This is me taking care of myself. And even though I am, you know, tacking on 20 days in the morning or, you know, 15 at night, this is part of what makes me feel good. And I think skincare um, is that moment when you're with yourself in front of a mirror, you can put, you know, some nice relaxing music on and it feels good to take care of yourself. Why not? You know? Right. Right. Exactly. That's exactly it. And it's like, um, you know, even for me, it's like the 10 minutes at night after being at the hospital all day. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, my face is like so happy. I'm so happy. So yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, it's a huge, huge, you know, relief in, for a lot of people out there. And, you know, I think there's not a lot of focus right now on that. I know that a lot of dermatologists are speaking up and I love that. I love seeing the science community start backing things up, um, you know, but at the same time, it's like not everything has to be rooted in that, right? It's like, you know, some of it has to be rooted in self-care and yeah, the law of attraction is there and all these little resources, but um, what do you like? Okay, so let me ask you this. How would you recommend a brand incorporate that? aspect into their line if they're about to start a new brand? Yeah, I think, um, you know, and obviously I'm going to talk to you from a communications perspective, because that's the hat that I always um, have on. But, you know, if you are a brand and this type of conversation and self-care inquiry is important to you, then I suggest that you work either with a communications professional. And there's a lot of founders that just do this innately. So maybe you don't even need anyone um, to jump on the team, but to work on your assets, even before you launch to have all of your messaging point to what is important to you, right? If, um, you want your users to consider skincare part of their self-care ritual. If you believe your products are nourishing and not only nourishing for your skin, but nourishing for, um, you know, the mind and your well-being then put that out there from the get-go. You need to come up with those North stars and those lofty goals that you can always hark back to in your communication, in your launches, in your imagery, in your social media, Um, you know, kind of figure out what is important to you, nail it down precisely in words. Don't just have it in your head. I know um, a lot of us think that, you know, if it's just floating around there, it's fine there's something different to, you know, and something to be said about committing it to paper. And I'm a firm believer on that. Yeah. Um, So commit it to, you know, pen and paper or, you know, type it out in your keyboard, whatever works. Um, But make sure you have those clear North stars in your messaging and whatever you do, do it um, with an eye towards, you know, that messaging. Right. Right. I love that. It's like really a blueprint. Like you want to make that blueprint. Of course. 
Right. I love that. You know what? I talk to my clients about this all the time and I've never done the blueprint analogy. I might steal it from you. So do it. don't be I'll surprised. Do <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it is a blueprint, right? I, I mean, we, we sit down. I always, I always tell people, you know, in the science community, when there's a, where there's thing, we sit down and we plan out what we're going to do. It's exactly what you just described, honestly. And it's like, you know, I think you're right. Putting something on paper is very different than just saying, I have an idea, you know? We all have yeah, an idea, but yeah. how are you going to execute that idea? So yeah, that's, I, I love that advice. You're so yeah. right about that. And going <laughs> back to, um, you know, this conversation, I think also writing down your goal, it's something I never understood. Yeah. And one of my clients would swear by it. Right. And every, you know, new year or new quarter, she would post up her goals worksheet and, um, you know, she was so adamant and would promote and, and try to get us to do that. And I just thought it was some mumbo jumbo. Um, yeah. And I recently started doing this and you are going to be surprised at what things come true just yeah. because your mind, um, you know, is kind of, oh, did I lose you with my pause? No, no. Do you hear me? We're good. Okay. I can hear you. Okay. Um, yeah, you're, you're going to be surprised at what becomes real when you um, put it out there in the ether. Right, right. I completely agree. And I think, you know, what's crazy is I'm noticing that the newer generation, like the, what is it, Generation Z, they're really good about that. There's, you know, there's a lot of um, focus on goal-oriented stuff with them. Yeah, isn't it crazy? Because I think our generation grew up, you know, we're hesitant to bring it up in conversation for fear of someone thinking that we're, you know, too out there or new agey, but um I think newer generations kind of, a, you know, embrace it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, I think if I kind of talk to my husband about writing goals, he might still be like, what are you talking about? No, my um, fiance does the same thing. He's Robert's yeah. always like, you need to write this down, Ekta. Why is it in your head? Write it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's funny the way um, perspectives change and what, um, you know, generations find permissible and okay and not, but I'm, you know, happy that I finally fell into this type of stuff, the journaling, the writing affirmations, the gratitude practice, um, you know, the meditating. Um, Again, I'm not perfect. I'm not saying I do it every day, but I strive for doing it every day. And I think um, it does make me a bit better, a hundred percent. That's all we can do, right? Is just do our best right. and hopefully everything One works in front of the other. Yeah. Yes. No, you know what? Honestly, I'm going to write that on something and then make it a poster or a t-shirt. Yeah. I swear I've, you know, throughout the first years, it was the one thing that I was like, I need to get this somewhere because it's insane yeah. how you can lose track of, um, you know, the well especially women right because we have so much going on I feel like women have you know we we have this the whole career aspect to our lives and then we've got our motherhood you know a lot of mothers out there are entrepreneurs and and you know kick-ass business women and you know we have so many things that we're constantly juggling and I often talk whenever I'm talking to like a male colleague I always like to say men are linear thinkers and women are like circumferential thinkers like we think in a web you know what I mean so it's like especially for us something like you know a small routine is important and I think somewhere along the way, uh, we got sold this myth that we can have it all, you know, yeah. I'm not saying that we can't absolutely. We are strong and smart and, you know, we are all 
um, you know, striving for that, but we also don't have to kill ourselves over it. You know, I have so many of my mom friends that are working 10 hour days and pumping in between and, you know, they want to have dinner ready for their husband when they get home, but they also have to look great. So they're putting in that workout and it's just, it runs people ragged, this myth that you have to have it all in order to feel complete. And I don't know where we got um, sold into this, but I think, you know, we need to find that balance between what makes us happy, um, you know, and what we are doing because we feel it's expected of us. And the latter category, we just need to toss. Um, It's no sense for us to, you know, try to be fit and to cook well and to, you know, be pumping in between. Yeah, it it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And honestly, you know, I'm going to say this because I don't know um, in in your cultural background, if you grew up with this um, situation, but I know as a South Asian uh, woman, my my family was very adamant about, well, you have to get married by this age and no matter what is accomplished in life, you know, like the end of the day, are you married or not? Do you have kids or not? And it was like this constant reminder that, by the way, you're a woman and you have 15 other things you need to take care of. And it was always like, why can't I just be career minded like any other man on this planet and not have, you know? That's so refreshing to hear you say it. So in the Mexican culture, um, marriage and children is, you know, a big check marks that check mark that you have to tick off. Yeah. And it was really hard for me because in my twenties, I was very career focused and I knew um, that I needed to lay that foundation in the twenties to be able to enjoy my thirties and to, you know, work on the clients that I actually like and to, um, you know, have that career. And it was, you know, every time I would go back home, the question, oh, are you, you know, getting married? Are you dating? Right, Um, right already 27 and you're still not married are you sure and I'm like honey that's young in the states I cannot tell you I honestly let me tell you I was watching the show the other day it's called Bolly no what is it four shots please or something Bollywood wives and four shots please I watched both of those and one of the shows one of those shows um somebody was one of the girls was talking about oh I've had 25 arranged marriage proposals and I seriously sat there and I looked at my fiance and I was like only 25 because my parents have been on a mission since I turned 19 (laughs) to get me married so you know what I'm saying yeah (laughs) it's wild to think about all of that I think um my parents got tired of asking you know, at the end of my twenties, they were probably like, this is our daughter. You know, she's going to be <laughs> barren and alone for the rest of her years. Right. Um, and like freezing her, your eggs is a thing. Like, did you, you know, I always tell my parents, I'm like, you know, why don't I go ahead and freeze my eggs? And my mother's very old school. So she'll be like, well, I don't know. Why don't you just go the natural route? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, because and I, like, yeah. I want to yeah. get out of the way. Um, yeah, it's wild. It's really crazy to, to think about all of that and the pressures that we, you know, are under. And even, even though I, I don't, I'm going to have a little bit of trouble articulating this, but even though I inherently knew that marriage in my twenties was not something I wanted to be a part of, even though I knew having children at that age was not something it still got to me. And it would still, you know, I would drive back from work. It was 8 p.m. I was still, you know, in a ton of traffic and I knew I had to get home and work a little bit longer. And my mom would call and, you know, um, would kind of start with these questions and it got to you. It got to your psyche and it really did make you 
second guess yourself. So if there's anyone out there, um, you know, that is going through that, trust your gut. It's yes. not the olden days. And I think um, I talk about this, you know, a lot that our loved ones can only, you know, look at things through the glasses that they are, you know, given. Yeah. Um, and they can yeah. only speak to us from, you know, the perspective of the tools that they had themselves. So, exactly. you know, yeah. maybe for a woman in Mexico 20 years ago, it wasn't possible to do everything that we are doing now. So yes, yes. That's so important. Pressure or slack. You have to look at it from that perspective and say, they're doing the best with the tools that they were given. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I have to go right ahead and do the same thing. Use the tools that I'm given to make, yeah. you know, decisions that will be the best for my life, for my future and for my well-being. Right. Uh, but it's, you know, easier said than done. I think we all, it's that well, little of in your head that um, although you want to shake it off and say, no, no, that's not for me. It, it does end up kind of like crawling in there. And, and Yeah. Well, it's subconscious conditioning, you know, it's like, if you mm-hmm. like, and, and it's there, but you know, I all, I, I really like to think that we can, we can grow out of that. You know, I, I hate seeing people that blame their entire life on, well, when I was a child, this happened. Well, now you're an adult and yeah. <laughs> it's time to reprogram what happened when you were a child. And yeah. I'm not saying, you know, I don't want anyone attacking me saying, actually, you're crazy. No, but honestly, come on, you know? And it's like, it's exactly what you said it gets in your psyche it, it embeds itself and you there's a part of you that's always going to wonder am I doing the right thing you know in that aspect so um for me at least you know so it yeah I love that you said that to everyone listening I completely agree with you yeah completely. it's um it's a little uh nutty there was this comedian called Dane Cook where I'm gonna you know totally date myself because he's from the early 2000s but he had this mm-hmm. joke where it was like a male and a female fighting and um, you know, the woman would tell the guy after a heated argument, like, you're just like your dad. And that that yeah. would, would explode, you know, a week later or somewhere <laughs> else. And it's like, yeah, there's little things, little triggers that, um, for better or worse, get embedded and they're just like waiting to pop up and, you know, ruin that day. Um, right. so it's, it's nice. And I think I learned this at a very old age, if I could go back and, you know, rewind, um, a little bit, I would teach myself this a bit more, right? Yeah, yeah. Of those, um, you know, preconditioned, um, uh, you know, things notions. that we give ourselves, yeah. Yeah, those pressures that we put on ourselves and realize that it's just that, it's just pressure. Exactly. Um, you know, it's exactly. a different era and you have to find your own path. Right, 100%. So let me ask you a very random question. What are your favorite beauty products right now? My favorite beauty products. So, okay. I'm going to give you two answers. I'm obsessed with the ordinary. Oh my God. Probably. Okay. I didn't know what reaction that was going to solicit. I think (laughs) it's my favorite. (laughs) Okay, good. There's two camps. There's people that are like, why are you buying, you know, a $5 X, Y, Z. I love to play with skincare and, you know, my husband will tell you because you have all the bottles laying around, Um, you know, so it, it's no skin off my back if I try a new active and it doesn't work out. Um, But uh, there's a lot of things that I love about their line. Um, What else am I using um, right now? Wait, going back to the ordinary though, have you tried their, that red, facial the AHA they have 30% oh my gosh 
obsessed, right? Obsessed. Like that, that product is so freaking good. I don't know if anyone out there has not tried this, please go try it. It's like $15. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like a baby butt after you remove it. It's insane. One of my favorites, even if I, yeah, 110%, that's good. Um, Mara, I, that's my cleanser, my oil, uh, my vitamin C, um, they do such a good job. The founder just really cares about her formulas. Oh my gosh. Allison is amazing. Like she was one of our first guests, like what, and she explained the whole brand journey to me. And I was just in awe. Like, I love it. I love everything, you know? It's insane um, to hear someone be that knowledgeable and passionate, you know, about things like formulas, right? I think um, we're in an age where a lot of founders are kind of, you know, going different directions, but to have someone that really is in it um, for the correct reasons is really cool. And it shows in the products, right? You try it and you're like, holy moly, this is unlike anything I've ever tried. Um, And it has that sustainability um, aspect to it that I absolutely adore. And I think it's something that we all need to be paying more attention to. Um, so, you know, I think those two kind of fill my, my skincare needs. Yeah. Those are great products. Those are great products. I mean, honestly, like, and I think right now minimalism is kind of the thing, right? Even dermatologists are backing it up. It's like, you don't need 15 products. You need like maybe two (laughs) or, you know, three so. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, there were moments that I did too much and my skin resented me for it. Yeah. I have a horrible story where I was, um, you know, trying everything under the sun, trying to get rid of some chin acne. And I <laughs> jumped. So random. On, yeah. And I jumped on after trying like multiple acids on my face and God knows what else and um, jumped on a plane ride on 11 hour plane ride. Obviously you're not looking at yourself on the plane. I get to the hotel and my face was scary. I don't know what happened. It was like hives mixed with like an allergic reaction. Like I was on vacation, you know, we got there so late. Nothing was open. Not that I could understand, you know, any packaging in Italian for like a cortisone or whatever, so I just had to like take a shower and sit with right. that crazy face. And I think I learned my lesson. I was like, less is more, honey. Don't, don't overdo it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, for me, it's, um, I don't know if you've tried St. Jane's uh, CBD beauty serum, yes. but I promise I you that serum, dude, it's like the, my only, it's like, honestly, if I had one skincare product, I would put that in my bag. Actually, I do put that in my bag. It goes <laughs> everywhere I go. Um, it's literally, it fixes any problem I've ever had on my face. I don't know what Casey did. And I don't know, Casey, if you're listening, seriously props, because this is the best. I've just, I love it. So I completely agree with you. If you have those one or two products, it's like, you know, that's all you need. That's what your skin needs. But, yeah. um, yeah. Uh, you know what? I had a little love affair with Augustina Spotter. I'm probably butchering the first name, um, you know, at the beginning of quarantine. And I felt, I felt that it did that for my skin too. Like if I had a little bit of a break, uh, out or, you know, there was a dry patch or whatever, they suggest that you use it 27 days without anything else. So you can feel what the formula is doing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I, I loved it. It was great. 
Um, mm. Another one of my favorites. So the ordinary has Neod, you know, they're like, Oh my gosh, that is my favorite. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're so good. So I love that they have their stores in New York and I would like run in there in between meetings and just, you know, buy up a storm and talk to the people working there. Cause they're obviously, you know, trying these things firsthand, but mm-hmm. um, Neon has a copper and it's a liquid. They have two, there's a copper and a lipid that I've tried, but the copper yeah. um, that's a liquid. You kind of have to play, you know, chemist at home and mix them both when you. Yeah. Mix. Yeah. I have that one. The copper peptide one. Amazing. Amazing. That, and have, do you have their voicemail mask? It is literally, if you put that copper and then voicemail mask on top, I promise you, you're going to wake up with baby skin. I'm not really? kidding. Okay. Yeah. I have their hydration vaccine. Um, yeah. and then the copper, but friends ask me like, what's so good about the copper? Cause I swear by it. And I'm like, I yeah. cannot put my finger on it. It just makes everything better. Like, trust yeah. me. On this no, one. it works. It works so well. And yeah. it's like this beautiful, also they're my favorite mist of all time. I'm not, I'm not lying is Neod because it's literally called the superoxide dismutase mist. And that is the, the superoxide dismutase is actually the enzyme in our bodies that fights free radicals, which are the ones that everybody talks about, you know, Hey, take antioxidants because you want to fight the you know, free radicals in your body. Well, this, this mist literally has that enzyme. So I spray it all over my face, like every day. (laughs) I'm glad we're having this conversation at the cart immediately. (laughs) I'm obsessed, but again, it's such a fun, you know, brand to play with. So it's it's kind of cool. Um, And I love hearing firsthand what's working for people, what they, you know, like what they have tried on. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, obsessed with what they're doing. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. You're like my new favorite person, by the way. Oh, I, I love I can honestly talk to you for hours. Like, I feel like we, I've known you in another lifetime or something because it's so easy to talk to. Thank, thank, thank you. you so much for coming on to our show, Priscilla. Seriously, this means so much to me. I can't even tell oh, you. I appreciate you and your time and, you know, the good work that you're doing, um, getting, you know, all of that information um, out there and being inclusive and, you know, talking to people like me and helping us kind of, you know, get our little voice out. So I'm flattered. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Podcast. And, you know, I'm very excited to, to hear the finished product. Yes. Thank you so much. And I would love to have you back if your schedule allows it, by the way. Yes. That would be amazing. In for that. Okay. Awesome. Well, everyone listening, I hope you had as much fun as I did. Um, This was such a great conversation. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're on seven different platforms. Um, So just pick one and please uh, leave us a rating because it really, really helps and it really helps us boost our audience. So thank you so much. And I will be back next time with another guest. Thank you so much, Priscilla. Of course. Chat soon. It was lovely. We'll um, speak soon. Yes. Hey guys, this is Ekta again. Um, I just wanted to pop in and say thank you so much to everybody who has come onto the show. Um, for everybody out there listening, it means the world to us. And we put in a lot of hard work here at Skincare Anarchy to bring you guys some really good information from the experts and the people at the 
forefront of the skincare industry so i hope you guys enjoy our content please do not forget to rate us on spotify or itunes or google Podcasts. we really need the ratings and it helps us grow so thank you so much also i want to just mention here for any brands or um anyone listening out there we do have a sponsorship program in place now for skincare anarchy and it's something that not only helps us grow but it's also something a way for us to give back to the entrepreneur community um a lot of the proceeds will be going towards new startups by um, black-owned brands or uh, women in business, you know, just just groups that really are not getting a lot of um, support right now from the economy. So if you guys want, if you're interested, please email us and we can give you some more information about that. But thank you so much and stay tuned for another awesome episode coming up on Friday.